Good evening, I'm Angela Cocott, in for Alex Pearson. You're listening to On Point. The major story this week has been the leaked draft decision from the U.S. Supreme Court that looks like it may overturn Roe versus Wade. Of course, that's in the U.S., but it has created a lot of conversation about the way abortions occur in our country, the differences. And while abortions are not illegal, they can be performed. The big question is accessibility. I want to bring in Mohini Dada Ray, Executive Director of Planned Parenthood Toronto, to join us this evening. Mohini, thanks so much for your time this evening. Thanks for having me. What does Planned Parenthood in Toronto do? Give me an idea of your services. Sure. Planned Parenthood Toronto is a community health centre for youth, specifically between the ages of 13 and 29 of all genders. We provide primary health care, sexual and reproductive services, including medical abortions, as well as programs in the community uh, surrounding uh, anti-homophobia work, anti-transphobia work, anti-racism, anti-violence, and supports to, to youth in that age range. I'm so glad you talk about the age range. Tell me about the clients you see and the fact that they have to turn to your clinic when maybe they have nowhere else to turn. Yeah, that's a great question. So Planned Parenthood Toronto has been in the community since 1961 and has a lot of trust with the youth in the city. We serve youth from across uh, Toronto and often the GTA and often across province because there's a name recognition there and there is a reputation among youth that our services are youth-centered, that they're culturally competent and sensitive, that uh, we put youth at the center and that there is no uh, fear that we will breach confidentiality or go, you know, to their parents. Um, and, and it is a place that it is very quite youth-driven. Uh, so we really listen to what our clients are saying to us Um, which is often that, you know, the services that they might have in their communities or their family doctors are not adequately uh, serving their needs in a way that makes them feel safe to access these sensitive uh, medical services. I love the fact that it's the the confidential side of it, because as a teenager struggling with either sexual identity or with a pregnancy, sometimes it is a matter of who do I turn to? So if you have young people turning to you who are pregnant, uh, can you give me an idea of the process they go through and what kind of advice they receive from your clinic? Sure. Yeah, we are. We, uh, as I said to someone, we will move mountains when a young person comes to us and says that, you know, that they're pregnant and they're looking for uh, supports and services because we know how uh, important that that connection um, is maintained and that that uh, relationship is built on trust and and competency. And so we offer a wide range of services, including peer based um, supports, including mental health services, counseling. So we really present the the options that youth have. So it could be terminating a pregnancy, it could be continuing on with the pregnancy, it could be adoption. And um, depending on how far along a pregnancy is, we um, have some options of a medical abortion, which is performed through um, medical pills. Uh, we call them MIFI, or it is uh, referred out to trusted abortion providers in the community that we have good relationships with, and we continue to provide supports for that individual as they move through the process. So when you say how far along a pregnancy is, what, what are the guidelines then before you have to maybe refer them to another clinic? 
Right. Uh, great question. So nine weeks and under, uh, you are able to terminate a pregnancy through using the, the pills that I mentioned. It's called a medical abortion. After nine weeks, you are uh, most likely looking at a surgical abortion. So that's the kind of abortion that we think of um, that is performed by a physician um, in, in a dedicated um, uh, abortion clinic or sometimes a hospital. Um, and uh, in Canada, up until recently, um, we were only able to really support people up until week 23 of their pregnancy, after which it was most likely that we were sending folks to the United States, actually. Um, things have changed slightly. So there's one or two places um, in the community where we might be able to send someone after week 23. And at that point, it is uh, usually a very high risk situation that uh, someone for medical reasons needs that pregnancy terminated. My guest this evening is Mohini Data Ray, Executive Director of Planned Parenthood Toronto. Mohini, I want to talk, though, as uh, far as abortion clinics, and you say yours is specific to nine weeks and they're able to do the, the medical abortion through that pill. Otherwise, you refer them to uh, a surgical abortion, someplace where that could take place. Mm-hmm. Toronto's a major center. But when we look at smaller communities, what kind of access do smaller communities in Ontario have? Because, you know, we're, we're working with young people who need to make a decision quickly and then they may be traveling as well. What's the situation like in Ontario? Uh, the, one word for it is dire. Um, it is uh, absolutely an inaccessible situation. So like you said, in Toronto, um, there are some, you know, there's, there's, uh, I think I counted uh, seven-ish um, uh, abortion clinics. The, Toronto has, or sorry, Ontario has a total of uh, 11 dedicated abortion clinics. And across the country, I would say about 16%, uh, according to the Abortion Rights Coalition of Canada, 16% of hospitals only perform abortion. So uh, in rural communities, in Ontario and other provinces, um, anywhere really outside of big metropolises, it's very difficult to access abortions and, and you have to travel out. And so, you know, you need the logistics, you need the funding, you need the transportation um, at, a, at a time that's often a crisis point in someone's life. And, um, you know, we talked about weeks, so time is often of the essence. So at organizations like Planned Parenthood, often out of pocket, we will do everything we can to get a young person uh, the services they need. And through the pandemic in particular, we saw young people travel to us across Ontario, but also across the country, um, looking for those services that they knew we would offer them. We blew our compassionate budget but three and a half times what we had, you know, usually have budgeted for that kind of um, outside support. And, um, and the situation is only getting worse. So um, I, I have someone who's a nurse practitioner working at Planned Parenthood who's worked in Northern Reserves, multiple, multiple Northern Reserves, and she was describing the firsthand experience she's had up there where uh, you have to be flown out of your community to a community you don't know, potentially don't know the language, uh, and uh, you have to be over 28 years old for that to even happen. So, you know, um, how dire it is, we cannot overstate. I believe there's only four abortion clinics in all of rural Ontario. I just was scratching some numbers there when you were saying it. So did you say around seven abortion clinics in Toronto, but then when you look at the entire province, 11? So there's just four others outside of Toronto? Outside of the GTA, yeah. Oh, <laughs> and then okay, there's... That, uh, like that's I, crazy. I know, I know. Uh, and, and like I said, it's about one out of six hospitals that perform 
abortions. And that has to do with hospital policy. So Catholic hospitals will not perform abortions. Um, if Catholic hospitals amalgamate with other hospitals, usually those religious um, views will rule the day. Um, and, um, you know, hospitals are, are not necessarily pro set up for that purpose. They're not pro-choice organizations overall often. And so there can be tension at the hospital. And, you know, we see it in the numbers. Only 16% of Canadian hospitals perform abortions at all. So, Mohini, we have stories like this week with the US, U.S. Supreme Court and people, politicians in Canada saying, you know, it's not a problem here. We allow abortions. But it is a problem. It, who do we have to uh, see push for more accessibility, more clinics, um, encouraging, making sure that hospitals, all hospitals perform abortions? We've got a huge gap here. Yeah, we have a huge gap. And thank you for recognizing that it is actually a, a problem. So we have to start there. And, you know, um, I, I have been trying to uh, illustrate the fact that the fight in Canada may look very different because there are no legal restrictions on abortions. And that is thanks to the pro-choice activists who fought to make sure that the laws are kept off of um, people's bodies in this country. However, um, the same forces, the same anti-choice forces are at play in this country. It just looks differently. So when we say, where do we need to focus? We need to look at who is uh, our elected rep representatives at every level of government, who is funding, you know, the, the, those, um, those folks who are running. Um, governments at every level are being stacked by socially conservative uh, people with very anti-choice views. If yeah, and I'm going to plug them again, the, anti, uh, the, sorry, the Abortion Rights Coalition of Canada, if you Google them, they've got tons of information that uh, traces the money, the financing of how um, anti-choice often our elected representatives are quite quietly. And so there's a quiet erosion of services and a complete lack of will to fund or create the resources that we need because there's an ideological opposition that I think in Canada we're just more quiet about, but is very, very strong. Today, uh, Minister of Public Affairs, uh, Public Safety, rather, if we're talking about politicians, Marco Mendocino, confirming that Americans can come up to Canada for abortions. And I was just going to ask you, are you concerned then that we're going to see if this all happens, that some states make restrictions or abortion illegal, that we will see uh, Americans coming here on a a service that is already in a dire need of help. Yeah, and it, and it's confusing. It's it's mixed messaging because uh, not only is it not uh, that that it needs help, but uh, you know the political will seems to have been non-existent to ensure that um, something that kind of falls along these ideological lines is accessible for women and trans people who have been calling for this. Uh, for decades. And so now to say that Americans can come up here, I think Americans will have a bit of a rude surprise because we like to uh, paint Canada as, as the utopia on top of this, you know, turmoil that happens in the US. But uh, we have many similar dynamics. They're just, you know, we pride ourselves on being polite and, and they're kind of politely opposed. So it is a question of capacity. Like where are Americans supposed to be accessing these services when the people who live in this country are already experiencing what those gaps, uh, the, the real impacts of those gaps. And so it's a bit of a head scratcher, uh, but I'm, I'm interested to hear more, I suppose. <laughs> well, I'm glad we had the conversation. Mohini, thanks so much for your time tonight. Thank you so much.
Mohini Dataray, Executive Director of Planned Parenthood Toronto. You're listening to On Point.